Hello and welcome everybody to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. It's Aurelien, I'm here with Glenn and Darcy, my co-hosts. And today we will be discussing managing emotions. Um, one of the, as an introduction, you know, when you, when you start, uh, we, we can talk about an, another, another field, which is um, uh, when, you, when you do investments in the, in the stock market, for example, one of the big lessons is uh, to separate yourself from the emotion so that you don't panic and you don't sell when you see things going down and buy when things go up. Um, and I think there is a lot of, uh, a lot of wisdom in this. And, uh, and in general, in business, um, emotions, some decisions you do based on gut, some people recommend, and, uh, but uh, usually uh, mixing emotion in business is not great. Uh, raw emotions can uh, be um, a predicament for business. And uh, Glenn, uh, can you can you shed some light on what your thoughts are on the topic? Yeah. So you, I wrote down a whole bunch of notes, but just from your intro, you already made my head spin a different direction already. <laughs> but That's good. Uh, no, but like, uh, um, I think part of it from where you were going with it, comparing it to like the stock market and stuff, which um, what I like to do is um, trying to anticipate things before they happen. Um, which will help you separate yourself, your emotions from the whole thing, because you have rules you've set down. Um, where I'm going with this is if you're selling a property, maybe selling, you know, hey, I'm listing it for whatever price, but this is my minimum that I will take. And you set, what happens if they ask me to pay for the closing costs? How am I tackling all these things? What am I willing to do? What am I not willing to do? You're still starting and doing a negotiation and to try and sell this property, but having all your parts defined beforehand, it sounds pretty obvious, but honestly, most people don't do it. They're like, I am going to sell this place for, I want to sell it for a hundred thousand dollars. So I'll list it for say $110,000, right? I'll list it for $110,000 and hopefully I'll get a hundred thousand dollars. And then curveballs happen throughout the negotiation. Um, if somebody goes through and they find something wrong with the property and you didn't plan for that. Anyway, just by planning ahead, um, you can try to try and knock some of those out. And I know Darcy, if you're with your syndications, you're trying to anticipate things that could go wrong with my partnerships on, in my uh, JV agreements. I want to anticipate as many things that can go wrong. So if somebody wants out of the deal, something's changed in their life, they want their money back, um, timelines go long, whatever you can do. If you can anticipate these things beforehand, you can manage your emotions because you don't have to. There's already a plan. You don't have to manage your emotions. <laughs> Um, but on the other side, this is where I was going before, is uh, also to set expectations for people, right? Because a lot of these times you're working with the same contractors, you're working with the same property managers, and you know these people after a while, right? So if these people are always late on their timelines, budget for that, plan for that, be ready for that. If they're, they're going to be had putting ads in, you can calm yourself down if you've already know exactly what they do. So if the, they come in like, oh, our uh, timeline for this project is going to be a four-month reno, you're like, yeah, this is going to be a six or seven-month reno, <laughs> right? You just, you can let them keep saying that, but on your, maybe your books or your side, you do that. And then there's no point in really getting upset with it because you've already planned for it to be a six or seven-month renovation. So you can manage this. 
Um, another thing I do too is a lot of times when I'm upset, I like to send emails rather than have these like yell at conversations. And so <laughs> I, <laughs> I write the email and then the best thing is, is you just, you sit on it until the morning, right? And when you reread that email in the morning, you calm down a bit. Your, your mind has got to a, uh, a place where you're not ready to kill somebody <laughs> and uh you'll look at it and you'll go that's a little aggressive and people uh they're not going to respond to this they're going to come back at me and we're not going to get anything done this is this is not going to be productive right um and maybe you change the email completely you cut some stuff out just to have some time to think about uh but what's going on <laughs> with the thing um and I think this is, uh, people underestimate how important this is, uh, managing your emotions. Um, some people don't manage your emotions. And uh, I like to think it's not me, but I, I you know, some points there are. Um, but some extreme examples is I've had partners that I've worked with, and they've been talking to property managers or contractors on the phone, and they didn't like the answer and fired them on the spot without consulting their team or the partners or anyone who is involved in this. And that's not fair to the contractor. It's not fair to the partners. Um, so one thing I like to do is to try to make myself not the boss. So I take away my, I don't, that authority from myself temporarily, even if I totally have it. So uh, I have to consult with my partner first. I need to consult with uh, the bank first. Um, the Don't contact tenants directly. Have the property manager contact the tenants. Don't don't skew that whole relationship. Make because then the property manager is the bad guy, not you. You don't want those calls coming to you. That's why you hired property management. Um, so part of it is <laughs> distance yourself from the tenants and make. Um, yeah, sometimes if a contractor is asking for things, I can say like the bank won't allow that. If there's a loan, like a renovation loan, you can you can make somebody else the bad guy so that they're just to deflect the the anger so they're not necessarily straight at you you're not the one who said no um even though you did um but you you can put people in there as well i don't know what was this am i on the right track are you guys thinking this kind of thing yeah, at all oh yeah no totally totally yeah we're talking <laughs> just kind of grouping this yeah so i kind of went all over the place but the, the the things were uh, setting expectations for people, what you think that they will actually can do and anticipating problems ahead of time will bring this, it'll just bring your emotional stress down. You know, yeah. planning, it's planning, <laughs> just planning for the future. Mm -hmm. What about you, Darcy? Well, yeah, that's a good thought. You know, I, I, I put down some categories of uh, like good and bad and part of it was managing because we had titled it managing your emotions. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm back up a little tiny bit from the managing, but to recognize that we are all emotional beings, um, you know, for, for the most part, we're, we're talking about managing bad emotions. Once it can be deleterious, once it can be um, ill force bad decision making, alienate people, break community, um, break relationships, um, ruin jobs. Um, part of that, I think, is you know, there's the old philosophical thought of knowing yourself is a really good place to start and recognize that you and whoever you're talking to is an emotional being. They may have better control than you and they might look like nothing's happening. But the truth is they're having all the same thoughts. People have the same, we're really remarkably similar. 
we're thinking about fear, um, we're thinking about being disrespected, uh, we're uncertain, we're angry, disrespected, all those fears. Some are just better at managing them, or they can't name them, so they're paralyzed. And it might look like they're just stable and controlled. Um, you know, we are all emotional. Some just have better control. Um, on the good side of the ledger, though, you know, I'm an emotional guy. When people meet me, they're not going to say like, he's cool and calm and he's, um, you know, those are words that come to mind when you meet me. Just not. Um, people know I'm, a, I'm an emotional guy. I get my heart on my sleeve. I cry when babies are born and... Not, not every baby in the world, but ones that are meaningful <laughs> to me. Um, you you'd, know, be, you'd be very pretty busy, man. <laughs> I, would, I would. You know, I'm, I'm that kind of a guy. But I, I'm also subject to highs and lows and big, big swings. When you describe, like, when you list a property, you have in your mind, I think it's worth this, I think the cap's this. And you've already spun out a scenario where you're cashing that money, spending on a new purchase and buying the next building. And you've, you've got a scenario all lined up in your head, and then someone lowballs you with 400000 lower. It just changed your, it changed everything. And you can be subject to these giant disappointments and swings and moods and stuff. It's tough. It's tough for people to live with, your spouse or your kids or your coworkers or partners, like you say, if you have someone who's a caller. I'm not like that. I'm not precipitously, you know, firing people. But I know inside, there's a turbulent pile of emotions. Um, and... You know, that's the, mostly the negative side of managing it. And you have to you have to be an adult and take care of this stuff. Otherwise, it'll chew you up. You'll you'll die in this job of fright, of uh, stress. Um, but on the good side of it, those emotions can carry you uh, in the sense of dreaming and aspirations and, and a kind of an energy that only comes from being completely and totally sold out and engaged to the project you're working in. I also have that too. You can focus for hours because you are completely emotionally engaged in what you're doing. It's meaningful. It uh, has you know, the right kind of feedback. You're getting juice from it. And that's, you know, that's the bigger win for me when I engage, you know, with something. Um, it's an unstoppable force. Uh, well, almost unstoppable, but, you know, within reason. But I think that's one of the ones that's hard to channel because like all the other ones, you have to stop it at some point. You have to get up and go to the washroom or have supper or going to meet your family. And you can't keep up a pitch like that for months. And, you know, I've done that. I've worked for months at that kind of emotionally engagement level. It's hard on people around you. You have to control that as well. Um, it could be, you know, you think of how high achievers work. It's somewhere in that area. They channel those emotions of dream and passion and interest in a singular direction and then just went with it and went long and hard um, in a big way with those emotions. And it, it needs to be channeled as well and controlled because you know you can alienate everybody around you. Um, I don't think it's a great, I'm, I'm still working on it. Um, there's tools out there. You know, and I said earlier in knowing yourself, there's tools to know yourself, things, surveys, you know, what, what colors your parachute or you know, what Enneagram number are you, uh, there's the Myers-Briggs or an ENTJ, INTP, all those things. They help kind of zero in on what you're like and knowing where your temperament lies. And th those are good things to do because sometimes you can see where you're going off. You can see what strengths you have, but you can also see your weaknesses in it. That really helps. And I think uh, emotional stuff is really often unacknowledged. What do you think, Ari? Well, before Ari goes, start, see, yeah. you're talking about those, like all those tests. 
like it, it just tells you what it is but then you have to try and figure out how to solve this yourself or like yeah there's a bunch some are better than others but i think you can triangulate between a bunch of tests they tend to go in a particular direction so yeah. on the enneagram i'm a hard three which if is done test, you don't know what that means yeah I don't know. i've never done the test okay it's there's there's nine different types and they range from the peacemaker to uh what is it the iconoclast there's the the for me i'm just the achiever it is really important that i accomplish things every single day and so you, you so you do this you, this test and then there's a lot of like i've never done one and then you then you can go and you're good and then you, i wouldn't i wouldn't rule my life with it it's, but it's also it's not like um uh, what sign are you uh, incidentally yeah. scorpio um <laughs> but you know what it's not quite like that there's a little bit more science and art to it um okay but it does help kind of zero in on what you're like and it gives you some handles for kind of controlling and naming these parts of your personality and there, there's lots of questions 60 or 80 questions to get to one of these types in there okay it's indicative rather than absolute um the other ones that are pretty good is the myers-briggs test people know that about, i'm a introvert or extrovert um and that part just where you get your energy from and that can help you with putting yourself in better settings to succeed and to manage yourself so i think i have to actually yourself. do one because whenever i think of it from like you know stepping back it sounds like shouldn't i know this stuff <laughs> you know shouldn't i know if i'm an introvert or an extrovert like can it changes I... over time okay. and situational culture will change it you know okay um uh, there's other ones. Are you are you a retriever or a beaver? Are you gold, blue, or green? You know, there's other ways. That they sort of, <laughs> yeah, there's piles of them out there. Okay. Pick a couple of good ones, and sometimes it just gives you a handle to manage. You know what you're feeling to put a name on it, and once you know it, it's not as scary. You know, if you don't know why you're anxious and you're standing outside your lawyer's office, you should go back to the car and think for a second why you're anxious going into the lawyer's office. You may be not prepared. Mm. You know, your body's telling you good things. Uh, Gabor Mate talks, he's a Vancouver psychologist and author who talks about the mind-body connection and listening to your body because your body is throwing up tons of good, oh, already smiling because you know about this. Your body's throwing up good kind of intel and your mind doesn't know what to do with it. You don't even know what to call it. So you sit there kind of anxious and stuck because you have, don't have a name for what you're experiencing or the tools to deal with what you're experiencing and feeling. You really should because it's a good step in becoming a better adult know a bit more about yourself um i wouldn't say i'm good at it yet i'm just trying to figure it out my kids are helping me though they're telling <laughs> me what i'm doing <laughs> and my wife my friends and co-workers all right well let Ari talk because i cut yeah, him off sorry. i cut him off back, sorry this so. is a good lead in for, <laughs> for being mindful i think yeah you exactly. have, uh, expertise um, in this. We're, we're discussing basically self-awareness and mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, it's key in being, a, I know for myself, you know, as being a, a grown-up, a parent, uh, self-awareness is key and um, uh, we were talking about uh, those tests and there is many tests. Ray Dalio, uh, who wrote the book Principle, has a test, a free test, uh, a personality test. And also recently I took the one called, um, by uh, Gretchen Rubin, called uh, the four tendencies you know around accountability and uh how to be motivated and uh that was that was pretty interesting and in terms of managing emotions uh like like was said earlier you know one one distinction i like is between responding and reacting and uh, when i'm in reaction mode uh, i react in the moment 
and and it's based on emotions and and there i think there are two things one should take into consideration on the one hand you know my emotions are going to tell me that something's wrong with the situation so they're they're kind of uh they, they give me insight intel like darcy was saying and and then but it's key for me to respond rather than to react uh because you know i mean we're in the business of relationships so those relationships are key and and what I do is I, like was suggested by uh, Glenn, you know, I wait before answering. And I, 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 I like to use um, uh, an email system that allows for scheduled send. So I drafted an answer and then I'll schedule send it for uh, later because, you know, maybe I don't want to engage in it now. And, and also I want to make sure that I don't, um, I don't engage in it the wrong way where emotions flare up. Uh, I prefer to, to give it some time. And it's like in the judiciary system, you know, where people don't get judged right away. You know, you wait a little bit. Um, and I think in terms of um, when dealing with tenants, for example, because that's part of my job, uh, it's very important on, on contractors. I like the idea of uh, the, the type of leadership that is service, being of service, a serving leadership where uh, I, I, I help facilitate their work um and also when evident tip is uh never blame you know don't use i i try not to use to refrain from using the pronoun you uh, when i express myself or when when i have a conversation with a, a third party so that um uh, they don't feel yeah. that they're, they're blame otherwise it engages the conversation in a way that's towards blaming rather than finding a solution that's good that might be harder than it sounds. <laughs> oh, it is. It's brutal. Yeah. yeah. If you wait, though, it's doable. If you, if you, and I, that's why, you know, what you were saying about not engaging over the phone, but rather per email is a, is a good, good, good tactic to do that. You, you mentioned uh, the scheduled send. Like, what is that? Is that like an attachment for Gmail? Is this something I put on my Outlook? What, uh, how do I do that? Or do I get a whole different program that I have to log into my No, stuff? no, it's a very easy. You have your, uh, your uh, send button and there is a little arrow next to it and it gives you the the option of schedule send and then oh. you can decide when you send it well, that was easy <laughs> i'll have to look for that yeah that's uh that's where you could send emails within office hours and set boundaries with when people are you might deal with it but then you can set boundaries of when you're available yeah well, that's, that's, that's perfect because yeah. then yeah they then know that you're in the office working then and then they'd respond then right yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's good. I like the that. Alternative, yeah, the alternative is you get up early in the morning at 3 a.m. before they're awake and send it so that they think you never stop working. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, I went to a conference. Um, I was this is emotional. I was feeling stuck and you know, kind of down because I was trying a bunch of things to get ahead and I was stuck. And uh, my assistant Kim saw in the newspaper that Brian Burke, the former uh, general manager of the Canucks, who I am a huge fan of, if there's hockey fans out there, yeah. I think he's amazing. Um, he's also controversial and you know problematic at times, but he was speaking at a breakfast and she signed me up for a breakfast. So I had to get up early and drive down to Vancouver to the trade and convention center, you know, to, to have a 7 a.m. breakfast with Brian Burke. Um, and he just talked about his, honestly, about his struggles and getting fired. Um, and how many times you've been fired. And um, and I recognized, you know, other guys 
have this kind of emotional struggle. They have low points and, you know, good people around you can pick you up by just, you know, recognizing it and giving you a tiny bit of encouragement. I wrote a letter to him and offered to buy him a Tim Hortons coffee when he was in town sometime. And by then he got hired by the Leafs and I never heard anything for about 18 months. And then I got a letter from Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. And it was from him, a personal letter saying, hey, I don't need a coffee, but thanks for your note. Really brightened my day and I've kept it on my desk under my blotter for a couple of months. And I, I uh, appreciate cool. your encouragement. Wow. Yeah, which is really great. So I kept it in my journal for almost like a year. And then by accident, fell out of my journal, was sitting on the counter and my daughter and my wife were needed something as a blotter when they were cutting up some projects, some craft for school and just cut it to ribbons. So yeah, it's lost to me. It's emotionally <laughs> sad. That ended just a sad story. But, oh. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Well, uh, I think, I hope uh, yeah, you got something out of today's episode and it was, uh, I, got, I certainly did. And um, uh, thank you for, for participating. Thank you for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you next week. Yeah, shout okay. out to Brian Burke. I'll still buy you a coffee. <laughs> Thanks, guys.